This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, Charlie. And good morning, all. Good morning, Franklin. Hey, you Mr. Holiday guy. How was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fabulous. Um, for those of you who don't know, I just got back. It was, a, you know, not a short long vacation. Holiday. Short holiday. <laughs> five days, sort of. Yeah. Uh, staying at the Lake in the Mountain, uh, our favorite spot up there in Prince Edward County, which is such a great part of the province. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. And I was telling you, I was most impressed uh, with... Uh, a fellow by the John Pete Bo- Pete Bradford, I think. Yeah, his Pete name Bradford, is. right? The Cooper, uh, he, a Cooper yeah. barrel maker. Yeah. And uh, if you're ever in in that area in Picton area, look up Canadian uh, vinegar vinegar cellars. C e l l a r s. Black Prince Winery. They're right behind that, or his big barn is behind that. And he actually makes these barrels. Unbelievable. Yeah. And he's such a nice guy takes you on a, a virtual tour, in, you know, Visual, by talking yeah. about, yeah, said he wanted to be a Cooper ever since he was six years old and finally accomplished it. Wow. Yeah. Something Amazing. else anyway. Neat. Yeah. But here we are mm-hmm. to deal with all sorts of maybe problems uh, that you can or help Or maybe happy moments that people yes. want to share. It doesn't have to always be a problem. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, you do have a few announcements. Well, as is do you want to do the phone numbers, darling? Sure. And then I'll, I'll yeah. do my want. No, oh, all right. In the Toronto area, call this number, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra is, call early, call often, one question per call. You can always call back, but, mm. you know. And then, uh, if you're a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know and... Thing, you'll uh, receive your wings, your garden wings garden when you get wings. there. You should call those like monarch butterfly wings or something. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so the one big event that's going on that I was told about, mm-hmm. because I share what people give me to share, uh, is the Toronto Jam- Japanese Garden Club. They are hosting tomorrow, uh, a very, they do this every year, Nature's Beauty Flower Show. So that's Sunday, August 13th, 12 noon to 4.30 p.m. Admission is only $5 at the Momiji Senior Center, 3555 Kingston Road in Scarborough. So if you're at all interested in seeing displays of ikebana, bonsai, miniature gardens, and Japanese table settings, there's uh, bonsai demonstrations Mm -hmm. 
and Ikebani dem- demonstrations in the afternoon. There will be awards given for some of the displays. There will be plants for sale, and the tea room opens at 12 noon. So that sounds like a lot of fun, and I just think everybody should put that on their calendar unless they're outside in their own gardens. They might not have time to fit that in. Okay. But yes. before we go anywhere, yeah. I just a couple of good emails, and one in particular. I've had this question before, and I thought definitely worth sharing. Paul writes that he has some gladiolas. He thinks they're as much as 45 years old. Wow. Uh, They've been left in the garden every year, and they survive the winters. There were many colors at the start, and I noticed that they have almost all changed to white. Mm -hmm. Is this a normal scenario? Is there anything that I can do to change them to other colors? And is this normal? Help! (laughs) Yeah. All right. I've had that question before, particularly with gladiolas. How come they all seem to revert to one color? So I thought, oh, maybe it's like genetics. Like maybe it's just, you know, the plants go back to their original over a period of years. But a little more research indicates that it's important to realize that gladiolas grow from a corm, which looks a bit like a bulb. Okay. All right, so from underground. So every year the plant grows up from this corm, but little baby corms, uh, little offsets, form at the base of the mother corm. And actually the mothers die and the little babies survive the winter. So that um, eventually those little ones get mature enough and they grow up tall enough with mm. leaves and flowers. So what happens, of course, is that over a period of time, as these bulbs slash corms are all sitting together in the same bed, the strongest hybrids gradually crowd out the weakest. As a result, you'll end up with a bed full of yellow or white glads or purple iris when you originally planted lots of different colors. The best way to keep this from happening is to dig and replant your corms every year or two, separating the offsets and planting them elsewhere until you know what color they are. Digging will enable you to take inventory every year or two and keep only those colors you really like and sharing the others with your gardening friends. Ah, so only the strong survive mm-hmm. in the initial uh, instance oh, Over there. a period of years, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the bigger, stronger mm-hmm. brutes overwhelm the less well, less vigorous. You see what you don't learn, huh? Yeah, I know. Amazing, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, here we are on The Garden Show looking forward to chatting with you. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a first-time caller on the air momentarily after these words on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden here, Frank Proctor, along with Master Gardener, of course, Charlie Dobbin. Mm. And let's welcome uh, James, first-time caller from just around the corner, maybe, in Mm. Toronto. Hi, James. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Morning, Charlie. I have uh, radishes growing in my backyard. Mm -hmm. I'm a backyard gardener. Mm -hmm. And... uh, a while ago, you had mentioned something about uh, the use of the, guard, the radish stock uh, for uh, edibles. Oh, the greens, the leaves. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, could you tell me what what that is that uh, you can use them for? Well, when you're harvesting your radishes, 
Mm. And of course, it's the root that we typically grow with the radishes for. You do yeah. have all those little green leaves up on the top. Yeah. So the younger leaves, I mean, the older ones might have a few little bug holes and that sort of thing. So you might mm. want to dispose of those, just stick them in the composter. But if you have some of the younger leaves that are in good condition, just give them a wash and a drain and incorporate mm. them into your salad. They're make, they're, they oh. have a, a radishy taste, of course. They're a little bit, little bit you know, piquant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so just a nice addition. People will often use beet greens for the same reason that you know they're they're very edible. So the whole plant is edible in that case, oh, root and okay. stem and leaves. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. You're welcome. And there... you know what's one other thing I just realized is this is the time radishes grow so quickly. They are one uh-huh. of the last crops we can continue to plant. Like we can be still planting radish seeds in September. And so, they expect oh, yeah. to harvest? This yeah, year? because really? they'll be, oh, they're up within three weeks. They're harvestable within three to four weeks. Oh, wow. So, you know, anybody who's just got a little bit, like for me, mm-hmm. for example, I've pulled my garlic. So I have mm-hmm. empty spot where the garlic was. So I'll, I've put lettuce in there because, again, it's a very quick crop. But I think I might just uh, pop some radish seeds in as well because they are great. Just They're the best when oh, they're out of your own oh, garden. Oh, okay. Thanks well, that's for great, your James. call. Yeah, don't be a Thank stranger, first time caller. Okay, and here we are, the Garden Show from Zuma Radio uh, in Liberty Villages. We glance out, it's a pretty cloudy day so far. So far, yeah, but you know, tomorrow's going to be nice. Keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> out to Etobicoke we go, Charlie. There's Dorothy. Good morning, Dorothy. Good morning. Mor- I have a cyclamen plant uh-huh. that is finished blooming for mm-hmm. the season, mm-hmm. and I'd like to know how I can sort of revive it so it comes back after a month or two. Okay, is it got green leaves on it still? Sort of. Sort of. Uh, okay, so the cyclamen do not need to go dormant. What I would do is it wants to be in a spot that's fairly bright. It doesn't have to be right in a window. Uh, it should never be in a south window. Usually that's just a little too bright for it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if you have a bright spot near a southern window or on the ledge of an eastern or northern facing window. That's where I would have the plant. Always water from the bottom into the saucer from below. And uh, just feel the soil or get used to the weight of the pot. Once it's starting to feel on the dry side, add some water. Um, You actually... It, if you start to see a little bit of new growth coming on it, you know, some new little uh, green sprouts coming from it, uh, consider fertilizing once because cyclamen, their season is coming. They typically love to put out lots of flowers in times for Christmas. So uh, the, ch- the biggest challenge is keeping the temperatures cool. Cyclamen grow best in a slightly cooler than the average room temperature. So they like about, you know, 68 degrees kind of, you know, so depending on how you how you keep your home or apartment um, cooler is better, but they do need that bright spot and they do need to be watered from below. How about if the window is open? Oh, that's fine. They're good with that. They're that, happy. That doesn't matter? Not at all. As a matter of fact, you know, it's actually, you know, we are going to get into some cooler conditions. So as the fall coolness starts, that cyclamen's going to love it. And when I kept all the leaves off now, right down to the bottom. I, I wouldn't. Have you done that already? No. Okay. No. If you've got green stuff on it, let the green be. If you've got any brown or yellow, certainly cut that out. But l- let the green grow. Grow. And okay. how long do you think it'll be before it grows up again? Oh, it should be growing back right away if it's given the right conditions, brightness and water from below. And like I said, one shot of fertilizer. Yeah, and when you water from the from the bottom, 
Do you have it sitting in a dish? Yep. That's where the water goes, is into the dish. Yep. And then that will r- rise up. True. The- Absolutely. Osmotic pressure, they call that. It'll, Osmotic pressure. Exactly. Wow. It will move through up against gravity mm-hmm. um, just because that's what water does. <laughs> okay, jo- right. uh, Dorothy. Right. Thanks, Th- Dorothy. Thank you very much for uh, giving us a call here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. There's Josephine out in Pickering. Good morning, Josephine. Good morning. How are you this Morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing? Excellent. That's good. I keep cutting it in out for some reason. I don't know whether it's you or whether it's me. However, what I'm calling about is those hydrangeas again. Mm -hmm. A question that is combined. Mm -hmm. In the spring, I noticed three little shoots coming up Mm -hmm. from the mother plant. Now, I thought maybe that it was a branch that was down under and so forth and so on. However, I have since discovered that it has grown independently from Mm -hmm. the others. Mm -hmm. Do they seed themselves, and can I dig it up and transplant it? I would say no, it did not seed itself, but I would say yes, you can dig it up and transplant it. What it's done is it's grown a stem from a root that oh, is I separate see. from the main plant. Now, is it okay to dig it up now and transplant uh, um, it? Or wait until October? No, I'd probably wait till the end of August. And remember, what you're going to need is a sharp shovel because what you're going to sever that um young plant away from the mother plant with your sharp shovel by, you know, digging straight down through and severing underground where they're connected. Because right now, that connection exists underground. It was the weirdest thing because as I thought to myself, do these things seed themselves? No, no they don't. But, but you know, I have oak leaf hydrangea in my garden and it's doing that all the time. Ah. I started with one plant and I've given away three or four that are little babies that are coming off the mother and I Again, I could do it again. I've still got three or four or more I could dig out. Wow. I hate like the devil to think of when these things fade. For five weeks now, I have had magnificent blooms on these hydrangeas. Excellent. Well, it has been a good year for the hydrangea. All that rain that like hydrangeas that. liked. Well, <laughs> it's sure doing its business. Yeah, there you go. Well, thanks, Josephine. Thanks, Josephine. All righty. Good um, weekend. You yeah, Thank you, and the same to you. As we approach 924 and say goodbye to Josephine. That frees up a, a line. And in fact, we've got a couple of lines open right now. Now, in Toronto. Oh, well, sorry. Let me just interject yeah. mm. because uh, so people know we do have a special guest joining us right. in about five minutes and this is John Statham of John's Garden up in Uxbridge. He's got a very loyal following so I'm sure some of our listeners know John and his his garden centre wholesale and mm. retail so just know that we are going to have him on the line for a few minutes so if you are calling in do be prepared to be on hold for a bit. Excellent point. Okay. Phone numbers then in Toronto for 416-360-0740 and then anywhere else in the province, toll free 1-866-740-4740 A little message or two and then we're back. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And let's say hi to Chris in Dunville just before we welcome our special guest for this morning. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Yeah, just morning. a quick question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, yep. uh, my garden's about 50 by 150, mm-hmm. and I want to put lime on it. Why do you want to do that? Well, I think the garden, uh, I think it needs to be sweetened up a bit. 
You don't know that by just looking. The only way you know soil that... Test. Pardon? I could, I could get... A, soil well, test. I, uh, yeah, a soil... I can get a soil test from, like, uh, you can get the kits, I guess, or something from Home well, Hardware. But. Yeah, what I would do, Chris, is I would... Uh, you're in Dunville. You're not that far from Guelph. Uh, do you have, you have access to the internet? No. Okay. No. So, hmm... Let's see. I'll tell you what, before we, the, we finish the show, keep listening. So before we get to the end of the hour, I am going to um, read out a phone number for you to call. Yeah. There are several accredited soil testing labs in Ontario. Yeah. Two of them are at the University of Guelph. Yeah. One, one is in Ottawa, one is yeah. up, you know, so there's not that many. What you'll need to do, because you don't have, if you had access to the web, you would send them an email. They will send you the instructions and, and also the packaging to take your soil, package it up, and send it to them. Yeah. Uh, but by phoning them, you can do the same thing. They, yeah. they will send you the material, and that will include how to take the soil test. Yeah. You'll mail it to them. They will mail you back some results. Yeah, because uh, the lime really wouldn't hurt anything, would it? Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, it can, because like, I grow just about every, from ox tongue to tomatoes to... Mm-hmm. To uh, devil's tongue peppers. Yeah, nice. So. Well, no, I know. And, but the, first off, you have to know what your pH is. Yeah. Before you start talking about adding lime. Because yeah. lime is going to affect the pH. It's going to yeah. raise the pH. And changing your pH has impact on access to nutrient. Okay. And so okay. we can really mess things up. I've had over the years people, you know, spreading sawdust from their hobby no that don't work worth a darn no or or massive quantities of ashes from a winter of burning and again making really messing up the soil chemistry so that's why nothing wrong with adding lime if it's required but let's make sure it's truly required yeah and uh but i know it's not a but it's general inquire on behalf of everybody how'd your little acorn do Oh, the little acorns, still little trees. <laughs> it did, not that hard to grow, but they grow very slowly. I know that was a couple of years ago. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, it right. was la- two falls ago, two autumns ago. Frank yeah, and I yeah. collected I just them. How your little acorn done? Yeah, they're little trees still. So they're just yeah, we're just slowly, you know, from little acorns, big oaks grow. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, well, I imagine everybody. Everybody that listens is regular as what I do. They probably wanted that update on your acorn. Uh, thank you for asking, and I'll certainly give them a little stroke when I get home and let yeah. them know that, that okay, they've been asked about. Alrighty, Chris, thanks, thank you. Chris. And so remind me, I have to give that number for the soil testing lab. Right, and I'm going to ask all the rest of the folks who are online uh, right now on the phone in, in a hold position, Leona, Jane, and Verna, just, just to simply hold on there, yep. listen to the show. We have a special guest that Charlie will introduce properly right about now, yeah. I would. Yeah, well, I mentioned yeah. earlier, John Statham is joining us. He is the owner of John's Garden. John's Garden is well-known. Uh, he's, he's, I've seen him at the Peterborough Garden Show, you know, Canada Blooms, all these different shows. He's a specialist. I always think of him as a perennial specialist, but he's going to tell us if that's true. He does live and work out of Uxbridge, and he is joining us because he wants to talk about a fundraising uh, activity that he's got going on. Good morning, John. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you? Hi, John. Nice this to have you aboard here. Frank. Hi, Frank. And I told you, Frank doesn't live that far from you in your Uxbridge sort of Port Perry area. Yes. 
So tell us what's going on. The animal shelter is very old, very small, and very decrepit. And you and your people, your staff, your customers are participating in an event. So what's going on? Well, we've been raising money for the the new animal shelter for a few years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got a goal of $1.7 million, and they are almost at $1.1 million already. Wow. Mm. And that's mostly been done by different citizens and local businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I managed to get my hands on a number of a a new rows from Proven Winners Mm -hmm. called At Last. And we are raffling off these roses with uh, donations. Uh, every time somebody donates $5 to the animal shelter, they get a ballot mm-hmm. to go into the raffle, and we're mm-hmm. going to do the draw at the end of the Labor Day weekend. Right. So, so on the Tuesday, I think you're going to do, um, and you're going to draw as many as 25 or more roses are going to be given away. Yes. Uh, we initially slated 25 roses for the raffle, mm-hmm. but the response has been really great we've almost raised over um, we've almost raised five hundred dollars in the last week wow that's great so eh? for every twenty dollars on top of the after the 500 for every twenty dollars we raise we're adding another rose to the mix cool the the odds of winning remain one in four that's pretty good odds right okay so let me tell you about my at last rose because this is kind of what started you contacted me via facebook and said hey you know i've got these at last roses would you like to try one and i said guess what i'm trying one now i was given one this past spring and it is such a pretty rose and the color is like an apricot color so it's that very peachy pinky mm-hmm. lovely i've got jack manny like dark purple jack manny clematis in behind and i've got That'd be nice double orange daylilies beside and you know there's hydrangeas coming up on the other side so it's in a it's in a very nice spot obviously lots of sun all roses want lots of sun yes but otherwise it's just perking along shiny green leaves not a speck of disease no insects well you know what i looked yesterday i do have leaf cutter bees that always nest in my garden so there are leaf cutter bees cutting out some little circles out of the leaves but not really that harmful not at all no i'm happy to let them take a little pieces of leaves it's not a problem <laughs> so uh, but it's really cute because they cut a perfect circle right out of the edges of the leaves to plug in the to the hives um but so this is a and it's a fragrant rose very fragrant yes uh, much more fragrant than the average shrub rose so it's hardy no winter special winter care just get it in a sunny spot with pretty good soil and you are guaranteed a show-stopping knock your so socks off plant. how can folks you have a chance at this. How can they get involved with a donation? Well, they can go visit John yep. at his garden center. Do you want to give us the address, John? It's 4300 Concession 7 mm-hmm. in Uxbridge. And so what's that close to? Um, huh. Nearest major roads would be uh, Lake Ridge and uh, Goodwood Road. Okay. Right. So you know exactly yep. where that is. Frankie's yep. a live in Goodwood. Um, so there you are there. Now, if they can't come and see you and they wanted to call and just donate some money or buy some tickets by phoning, you and I discussed yesterday that they could do that. Mm-hmm. But if they win a rose, they have to actually come and pick it up because there's no you're not mailing roses to anybody. Yeah, we don't have a system in place for shipping, but we'll gladly take phone donations and phone ballots. 
okay. and put the ballots in the box ourselves. All right. I'm going to give your phone number so everybody get your pencils out. If you're not in the Uxbridge area, give John a call because you would like to get involved in this raffle. And it's an extremely good cause. Mm-hmm. Building a proper animal shelter when there's so many homeless and abandoned animals. I know because I have my my the feral mist, cat. Mr. Mist. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> mist who lives in my backyard. Uh, so to get in touch with John and his staff, it's 905 862 8175. And John has got a big presence on Facebook. So people want to get a handle on what you're doing there, John. How do they, uh, for the web savvy types, what's the best way to get a hold of you uh, on the web? Uh, the easiest way to find my Facebook page is just type in johnsgarden.ca, mm-hmm. and that will redirect to my business page, mm-hmm. the Facebook business page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a blog, which mm-hmm. Hadn't been updated in quite a while, but I've just this morning put a blog up about the uh, the rose and the fundraiser. Nice. And I just published it maybe two minutes before I called you. Uh-huh. Getting Ooh. in under the wire. We call that hot <laughs> off the press, I think. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. And so besides this fundraiser and, you know, these beautiful roses that you have on on hand, people could take mm-hmm. a look at them. What um, what else is going on in your garden centers? Anything else that's looking particularly gorgeous that people would like to come and see or potentially purchase? Well, we, um, we're constantly bringing in plants. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, um, oh, there's a number of things that are looking amazing. <laughs> but grasses, ornamental grasses mm-hmm. are one of those plant groups that are near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. It's one of my speaking subjects. Yeah. And we have a lot of grasses that just look phenomenal at the moment. Oh, good. So lots of unusual stuff, too, I bet. Yes, lots of unusual stuff, things mm. that are brand new. Nice. Uh, we have a butterfly bush that's not supposed to be available until next year. Oh, sneaky. And it, it's this great, cute little butterfly bush. What color is it? Proven winners. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is What color is it? It's a deep purple. Nice. And it's called Pugster Blue. Pugster Blue. Hmm. And it's very fragrant, and it's got a very strong stem to it. Which is oh, great. nice, because a lot of the butterfly bush is floppy this year with all this rain. Yes. <laughs> the hydrangeas are looking amazing. I'm actually walking around in the garden center at the moment oh, in, my, nice. in my socks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Rosa Sharon's yeah, are just that's starting to pop, and good. we have a large selection of um hibiscus, which is always one of my favorites. Right. Big dinner plate flowers. Exactly. The monster Dixie Bells. And yeah, they're monster flowers on those. One of the last ones to show in the spring. So uh, do you consider yourself kind of a perennial specialist or you're, you have conifers and you have a real good mix, don't you? Yeah, we have a real good mix. Uh, I especially do a lot with um, unusual conifers. Mm. But my nickname when I um, worked somewhere else was... Uh, Perennial John. You're right. Perennial John. And yeah. that's still on my business cards. Yeah, Perennial John. I remember that. Excellent. Well, there you go. Well, good luck at all of uh, the endeavors you're, you're into there, John. Uh, sounds really interesting. And I'm going to send Frank and Shirley to come and visit you, John, and get themselves some tickets and win yeah. one of those roses, because I think it would be a really lovely addition to Shirley's garden. like to do that. Yeah, and okay. of course, a big, a big tree came down, so you've got that big sunny spot to fill, right? That's exactly All those right. hostas yeah. were burning up in the sun because it wasn't so shady anymore. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, John. I appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time. I'm sure you've got customers lining up as we speak. It's uh, going to be a great day for gardening. Well, thank you very much for promoting this great cause. Our pleasure. Talk again soon. Thank you.
Thanks, right. John. Bye-bye. Yep. Take care, my friend. And uh, we had better take just a little bit of a break because uh, the good folks have been hanging on the line there. Leona, Jane, uh, Verna, and Elaine have just simply or recently joined on the line. <laughs> so we'll get to those callers in just a couple of moments here. The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin on AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And Frank Proctor. And you betcha. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, welcoming Leona to the line from Port Colburn. Good morning, Leona. Good morning to you. And good morning, Charlie. Morning. Uh, how's your weather up there? Nice. Sun's out oh, here now. Sun just Lucky broke you through. We're having a real, real rainstorm down here. Oh, my here. gosh. <laughs> Don't worry. Lightning and the whole bit. Sun's coming. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm telling about my lily. Um, I've never grown lily, and last year I put in a bulb. It has grown uh, at least six feet, mm. and I counted 50 blooms on it. <gasps> I could not believe this. One thing. bulb? Yeah, one bulb. Oh, wow. my goodness. My out of this world. Wow. Now, I want to know what to do. Huh. <laughs> Sounds like you're doing all the right well, things. I was going to say, yeah. what What could you possibly do, just other than smile and admire it? Is it a fragrant bulb? What color is it, the flowers? It's the deepest pink I've ever saw. Uh, and is it really fragrant? It's one of the stargazers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's just, you know what I'm Somebody said I should separate it, but I don't know what. Um, well, okay, so you only planted one bulb. There's not going to be that much to separate. I find that mind-boggling. Um, all right, so here's what you do. The flowers are probably finished now, right? Yes, they, uh, they just started. There's a few left on it, but not many. All right, so once they're all kind of shriveled up and the petals have fallen off, get out your pruners and just cut off the where the flowers were, not down into the leaves there, but just the top of the uh-huh. stems. Uh-huh. That's because you don't want the plant to set seeds. It's... It takes a lot of energy to set seeds, and you clearly don't need seeds. You've got bulbs. Right. Okay, so, and then the green leaves and the green stems are going to stand in your garden until they get knocked down by frost. Right. So that's going to be a period of another month or two. At whatever point, either the plant is completely yellow or frost knocks it down and it turns completely yellow and brown, then you will cut all that foliage, stem, and leaf away, roughly at ground level. Um, Throw that all in the composter. Make sure you put a little stake or some kind of a mark in the garden so you know exactly where that bulb is. Mm -hmm. In the spring, it's not going to be the first thing up. You're going to have other plants coming up, and you don't want to step where that is. Uh, You just want to know that that little clump of lilies is there underground. And when it starts to poke through, it's going to be like little dinosaurs erupting. It's quite magical with those big lily bulbs, the way they they sort of erupt overnight. It's like a volcano Mm. of green. Um, But uh, in terms of um, separating, I mean, you could. You could separate you know, late uh, late September sort of timing or even mid, you know early September. So you dig up the whole clump, separate each of the bulbs out individually, replant them a few inches apart. Uh, or I'd, I'd leave it. Like I wouldn't, if you've just planted it that recently, I'd leave it for a couple of years. I'd let it go for okay. two or three years before I did any digging and dividing. Um, did yeah, it you, sounds too good to yeah. mess with. Well, did you find you needed some like twelve foot stakes to hold this whole thing up? Well, what I do, it's uh, my husband made me a little garden around our, our veranda because uh, I wanted a small garden, like you know. Mm-hmm. And it grew, and it. Uh, what I did was it grew over the 
the railing. Oh, good. Steel railing, and it grew taller than that. So I took, somebody told me to get nylons, like pantyhose, uh-huh. anything like that, uh-huh. and to use that to stake it. So that's what I did, and it did fabulous. That's good. Well, that's perfect. Wow. There it is. So it had a natural support system in place. Excellent, because you will find those very tall lilies do tend to be top-heavy, so they have a tendency to fall over. So great. So if you've got some some support nearby, that's yeah. good to hear. Good for you, Leona. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Okay. Thanks <laughs> Thank for Thank you for joining us here on the uh, Garden Show from Zuma Radio. And out to Scarborough we go, Charlie. There's Jane. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Jane. Good Hi, mor- Jane. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I'm phoning about um, the Rosa Sharon. Mm-hmm. I have the Rosa Sharon, but I keeps getting all these babies, and it's all over my lawn, and I don't know what to do about it. I love, I love the the callers that things are growing too much. <laughs> There's too much happy plants growing in those gardens. Yes. Well, okay. So you clearly have a Rosa Sharon, which is very vigorous, sets a lot of seeds, yeah. and a lot of that seed is very viable. You could open up your own specialty Rose of Sharon nursery. That's exactly what I said. I could have a forest here of Rose of Sharon. (laughs) Spend every summer digging up baby Rose of Sharons, potting them up, growing them up, and sell them. You know, 20 bucks each, whatever. (laughs) Um, So what are you going to do? That's not an easy question because the only way you're going to avoid that happening is number one, remove the plant that's sending all those seeds everywhere and eliminate the problem that way. Yeah. The other thing is, in I mean, I'm not a big fan of trimming Rose of Sharon in the fall or winter. I like to wait till the spring. But in your case, it might be a good idea to trim back late fall or maybe even mid-fall. As soon as that plant is pretty much finished flowering, it's all those little flowers turn to those sort of crispy little fruits that are full of seeds. Yeah. So your challenge is to collect those seeds before they fall on the ground and start growing. And you'll do that by doing some pruning, either of just the fruits or of the entire plant, bringing it right back and trying to control the dispersal dispersal of all those seeds onto the property. Because there's really nothing you can do. There's no way you can stop the plant from setting seed. Right. Other well, than I thank you very much. I, I just, I'm just going out of my mind with it because <laughs> it's all over the lawn. Yeah. Of course, mowing the lawn helps. It keeps it down. But still, your lawn becomes a Rose of Sharon lawn. Wow. <laughs> um, consider uh, taking out that particular Rose of Sharon and looking at one that is not quite so prolific with seed, um, you know, creation of seeds. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone told me that a double rose of Sharon does not drop its seeds. Correct. That's true. It's the singles usually that do all the the seeding. Right. Yeah, the doubles have been selected and they end up being uh, genetically, it's impossible for them to set seeds. They're all propagated by uh, cloning or cuttings. Mm -hmm. Well. All right. So just a thought. Might want to just say goodbye to the plant uh, or get on to trying to control the seeds. Okay, Jane. All right, Jane. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you your very call. Much. <laughs> Sorry um, to laugh. I know it's no, a problem for but, Jane. Yeah, but it's just it's just one of those things. Like too bad that plant is just too happy. <laughs> in just a couple of moments, uh, Charlie, we're going to be uh, joined by Verna in Empire Corners, mm, and we didn't have I a chance. Where that is? Well, that's just exactly what I'm going to say. We're going to find out exactly where Empire Corners is in just a moment after these words on the Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, 
stalks, frogs, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, here's our chance to find out exactly where Empire Corners is. I think we've, we've been visiting there before, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. Sure. Verna, good morning. Are you a first-time caller, Verna? No, I've called about oh, three times, actually, that's, over uh, the years. My mistake. <laughs> Thanks for calling back. No, no problem. And First then, was rhubarb, then was uh, geraniums, uh, and now I'm calling to inquire about... Um, my amaryllis. Mm-hmm. I've never had it bloom, and I'm in, oh. and it's been outside. Should I be bringing it in and putting it in the dark now? So it's never bloomed even the first year you you got it. No, it was one of those little kits, and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest, I wasn't that interested. And then it never it just kept staying all right. So I thought, okay, we'll play with it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's outside. It's got lots of green leaves. It's, it's in a pot. I got four actually. Oh, okay. But the bulb is still rather solid. Oh, it is solid, yeah. and it's in a small container. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they like to be tight? They do. If you see a lot of roots growing, the, I assume the container has drainage? Yes. Yeah, so if you see a lot of roots coming out of the bottom of that container, I would consider potting it to one size larger. All right. Um, but they do like to be fairly pot-bound. And as well, the, the bulb is always only buried about halfway under the soil, and the top half is sticking up above the soil. Uh, maybe I have it in too far. I yeah. mean, I can see the top of the bulb, but it's more than... It's more than halfway into the soil. Yeah, Maybe and that, I should lift it a bit. Yeah, so if you are doing a repotting, that would be the time to lift it a bit. And of course, that helps us be able to feel the solidity of the bulb because, as you said, it does feel nice and firm. Right. It should feel bigger because those green leaves are absorbing sunshine. Mm-hmm. They're converting sunshine into carbohydrate, and the plant is storing that carbohydrate in the bulb. Right. So outside all spring and summer and growing, you know, in the sunshine, the bulb should slowly but surely becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay. And the bigger it gets, the more likely it is to flower and the bigger the flowers will be. So okay. when it comes to bulbs, size does matter because you will find that bigger bulbs give you bigger and more plentiful flowers. Mm-hmm. So your options right now are, you have two options. One is you can force that plant to become dormant by stopping watering it. So no more water, and of course you would have to take it under cover so that no rain is getting on it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's just going to take a week or two, the green leaves are going to fade to yellow You'll cut them off once they're yellow or brown and just put that that pot away somewhere where it's preferably dark. It doesn't have to be particularly cool, but no water. No, you know, just Mm. ignore it. Let it be dormant for at least six weeks. At some point, it will start to grow. You have to check it every now and then. Once it starts to grow, then it's telling you, I'm ready to grow. Then you bring it into the light and start watering it regularly based on water requirements. You'll know it's going to flower when the first growth is a flower stem. Okay. Sometimes it's a leaf. <laughs> well, you know, who knows? Like yeah. I say, yeah. it I, does. Mean, I enjoy playing with plants. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. my garden. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like the big deal of my life, but uh, it'd be just a curiosity. Sure. I'd like to see it. It's fun. <laughs> I'd like to see it bloom. Well, there's huge pride, too, and you do, you know, make these amazing flowers happen. Some people will leave, like you're, you're experiencing a pot with the bulb in it, with the leaves on it. Some people just leave it and bring it in before frost as a house plant. Don't allow it to go dormant. Continue to water. Continue to give sunshine and let it just do its thing. 
It's just going to grow more leaves. It takes up a lot of room, so you have to have room for it. And just let it do its thing. And it will flower when you least expect it. But it's So there's two ways to deal with the bulb. One is go dormant. The other is don't go dormant. But it, you know, it's up to you. Either, either way. Either way. Yeah. Okay. And just for a verification, uh, did a little checking, and, and uh, right, Verna, that Empire Corners, basically south of Hamilton toward Lake Erie, about halfway. Exactly. Okay. The, uh, between Dunville and uh, and Hamilton. Okay. Highway fifty six. There Makes you go. Sense. Okay. How it got its name. Anyways, uh, one uh, not a question. Well, I'm sorry, a love. Reminder: You're going to give that golf. Phone oh, number, right? Good point. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, good we'll point. we'll do that. Just after I remind folks that uh, we will be along uh, <laughs> next week, same time, same station. But we will give that that number out again for uh, yeah, John. I haven't given Arts that Center. number yet. No, no, for the soil testing. Oh, the soil testing. Yeah, oh, yeah, very yeah. good. That's okay. okay. I, I'm on it. I, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> okay, dokie. Uh, Elaine in Bob Cajun. Let's see what uh, is on your mind and see if Charlie can help you out in any fashion here. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, and thank goodness I got on. But if I can't finish my description, is there an email that I can send some pictures to? Yes. Perfect idea. That would would be most helpful, Elaine, if you got a piece of paper and handy and a pencil. I do. All righty. Write to uh, Charlie Dobbin, C. Dot Dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. That's simple. C. Dot Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Okay? Okay, now I'm going to try and get this description. You know what, Elaine? Yes. Bess, why don't you send me the photographs, and then we'll talk about it next week on the radio. We're short on time. Because I think this is a dangerous vine, and I think I should be cutting it down because it's twisted around this wild apple tree that's near the house, and it's got a stem and twisted like a thick, uh, smooth garter snake. And I didn't notice it before, but now the foliage has poked out of the apples, and the uh, foliage of the apple tree, and they're kind of... Um, uh, like like uh, immature cherries, but it's not as if it's a it's a, uh, uh, Elaine. Okay, yeah, better send me some photos because we're just we have no time to keep going. And I really really appreciate you wanting some help, and I'm happy to help. But now it's a hard time to do it because I'm going to get tossed off the radio in approximately ten seconds. <laughs> Phone number yeah. for the University of Guelph so- Soil Testing Lab. Five one nine seven six seven six two nine nine. So five one nine seven six seven six two nine nine. Give them a call. They'll tell you all about how to collect soil, and they'll send you the right packaging. Okay. Okay. So My goodness, we, there we, we are. are. <clears throat> and you know, I'm sorry for Leona there in Port Colborne. She was calling back for her second call Aww. of the morning. But yeah. well, better luck next time. Call uh, earlier, uh, Leona, and we'll get you on again. Call early. Call often. Yeah, One question per call. Go. Yeah. Well, no, we appreciate all the calls, and I love some of the problems people are having. So there's some very good stories in amongst all the the uh, challenges of gardening. Rose of Sharon, that poor lady with I the, know. The, you know the whole lawn coming up with that stuff. I know, Jane. Well, so listen, Frank. Uh, thank you for checking out the county these last few. 
few days. I'm on my way myself out to the county tomorrow, and I will go check out that vinegar spot. Oh, absolutely. Since it does also have a winery attached, I think it's yes. important to do a little bit of tasting of at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so thanks, Frank. Thanks to the great callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.